Hello, this is Joseph Carlson, and this is episode 145 of Gaming with Grief, and I'm calling this episode Before Your Eyes Spoiler Cast, uh, because this is a spoiler cast of Before Your Eyes, uh, but I want to remind you guys that this podcast will hit my website, www.gamingwithgrief.com, Monday morning at 7 a.m. Please go there and leave a comment, let me know what you think of the show, or you can write to me at gwgpodfellows at gmail.com. Uh, you know, give me a comment. Let me know if there's a game you want me to review, what you think of the show, how you heard of the show, or if you have a question, you can leave it there. Uh, you can also subscribe to the podcast on Apple iTunes, the Google Play Store, or I'm on Spotify. Uh, just search with the for the uh, Gaming with Creep podcast with Joseph Carlson, <clears throat> and you can find me on Twitter at JustLittleJoe. So, um, yeah. Th- so let me just start out by saying uh, this is a full spoiler cast for Before Your Eyes. It's titled that. I said that in the beginning. I'm saying it again. This is a spoiler cast for Before Your Eyes. If you don't want to be spoiled, turn away. Um, or just, you know, hold this episode in your backlog until, um, you know, you finish the game. So let me just start out by saying I played uh, – I heard this game was emotional. A lot of people said uh, on podcasts that I listen to, other gaming podcasts, said you should really listen to – you should really play this game. And I was like, well, that sounds interesting. Um, and so I had it uh, in my review log, uh, sat down this morning and said, bought it for 10 bucks and thought, I'll sit here. I heard it's really short, two hours. Maybe I'll play a little bit, uh, you know, or play it all. We'll see. And then, um, you know, write up something for the podcast. And um, I was not prepared to cry uh, right on the edge. Um, so to start out, uh, like in episode 144, when I gave my impressions, you're basically um, living Benny's, Benny Bryn. You're basically going through his life. I hope I'm saying his last name right. Um, but you're basically going through his life. You are being ferreted through basically the river of sticks. There's a bunch of things that look like marbles floating in the water. The ferryman tells you, I saw something in you that I didn't see in anybody else. And you see that big tower and you see this massive skyscraper in the distance that is, um, you know, it's like this monolithic black skyscraper kind of with like red lights. He said, that's who you go to to, to tell you basically defend your life. So tell me the story. I'll be able to tell them a great story and you'll be able to move on. If not, you're kind of being going to be where everybody else is here. You're going to be these marbles floating in this ocean uh, for eternity. Um, there's some seagulls that are hanging out on the ship. Uh, they squat him. Um, later you find out that they're lying seagulls. If you lie too much, they make a lot of noise. And just like in my impressions, um, podcast last episode where they talked about blinking or at least I, I talked about blinking and how it moves the plot forward this was the most frustrating part of the game and not in a negative way but like i said in my impressions cast the moment people are in this incredibly deep conversation with you and you blink away it's heartbreaking to be like i can't go back there i can't i mean obviously you could play the game again or then maybe the chapter again i'm not sure but like at this moment i can't go back and play and at first, the game starts innocuous as not, uh, just a normal, nominal game. You're a kid. Your mother was a composer, but she kind of got a job. It sounds like she wasn't as talented as she needed to be. Uh, she makes a phone call to try to get um, some job, like composing on the phone. One of her mentors says it's a derivative, and she says, thank you for your time. Thank you for listening to my piece. And so it seems like from there, she just gets a desk job. Uh, but she is talented with the piano, 
And she, when you're very young, teaches you how to play the piano, but then starts pushing you to play the piano more. And you find out later that her father basically did the same, that he pushed her to play the piano and that he was the strong silent type and very, um, well, you know, it's one of those things where I guess it's an old stereotype, but I guess if you don't succeed, you push your kids to succeed, you know? Oh, I'm terrible at football. I didn't make it. I didn't make the team. My son, daughter, whoever is good at football, they're going to make the team. I'm going to make them practice as hard as possible to be, you know, do as best I can. Uh, And uh, maybe a little bit too much. And that kind of happens in the game. Your mom pushes you over and over again to practice piano and you don't get in. She takes you to a private school for uh, an audition. You don't make it uh, because at that moment you have a choice to um, stay up or go to sleep so you can get well, you know, you're well rested for the recital, the uh, practice recital you're doing or the interview basically. Or you can go meet your neighbor girl, Chloe, who's very nice. Uh, She says, hey, I'm going to go to the beach. Um, You know, let's hang out and sleep at the beach at night and talk. Um, There's no kissing. There's no like force, whatever. But you do find out you really like her and she likes you because she says something about, she makes fun of you. You can't draw. She sees all the, like, you can't really play, all this kind of stuff. Um, but it's interesting, you know, you, you look and blink. And uh, there were several times up to this point where I had blinked and missed conversations. Um, and I just, um, it, it, it annoyed me. Um, but it starts kind of normal enough. Your mom's kind of, I don't know if normal, but she's forcing you to do something maybe you don't want to do. But then there's a revelation that you're sick. And I thought, oh, no. And that's when the, you know, the inkling of a tear comes. And you think, Um, So you go to the doctor. The doctor says, listen, you'll be fine. You just need to stay in bed for a bit, uh, you know, to kind of, you know, quarantine, basically. You know, know, just stay, rest. Talk to the mom. He says, listen, can I talk to you? There's some clerical stuff I need to talk to you about. The mom says, sure. And being an adult, maybe, maybe it works on a kid. Uh, hearing that conversation, uh, you know something's wrong, right? Um, well, you stay in your room for a year, you discover later, because you go back to the ferryman, back in the real world, quote-unquote, not your memories, and he says, yeah, you're in bed a year, you know, but at least you learned something, something like that. Then you go back to your past, and what happens is, um, in the in the year that you were, you know, in, in your room, basically, with this disease, they don't say what it is, you teach yourself to draw, or maybe you had an aptitude to draw and you actually had time to sit down and do it. That part's amazing. Um, you draw better and better pictures. You win awards. You go to um, art school. You have a mentor. Uh, you do more there. Then you have a gallery showing. You know, Again, these are blink flashes of your life. You have a gallery showing. You make money. Uh, your mentor even mentions that he calls you on the phone and congratulates you on your gallery thing and says, well, ah, they all made fun of you, but not, not only are you happy now because you're doing what you want, you're painting, um, you're rich. So, you know, laugh, laugh, you know, the joke's on them. And um, that was really amazing. Um, but then you go back, uh, you meet your old neighbor close, she comes to your gallery show and says, oh my God, uh, I can't believe we ran into you. This is amazing. I can't believe we did all this. Um Right before this, though, or a few years before you go to art school, your mom passes away. She is sick, and you don't know why or how, but she passes away, and it's sad. Your dad decides to move out of the house, and then you have, like, six months where you don't... Well, that's, like, right after this moment. So you have, like... You're basically very successful artist. You have the gallery showing. Your mom gets sick and, sick and passes away. Uh, then you kind of mentally and physically shut down for six months. You know this because your mentor, call, mentor calls and says, What are you doing? 
Where's the great Benny Brine? Uh, Bryn, everybody's asking about him. You've, you've, you've returned my call in six months. You're washed up. You're nothing. Kind of turning against you. Then you go back to the ferryman, um, and he says, stop lying to me. What really happened? Um, first, he starts out by, you're getting closer to the building. He says, tell me your story. You know, Were you lonely? Were you happy? And you have to look at his hands and blanket a response. Um, and I was very lonely because I didn't really have any friends in the game except for Chloe, my neighbor, and my mom forced me to play piano. So I said I was lonely. I grew up in an isolated town. Meanwhile, the ferryman turns around as they're getting closer and closer to this um, skyscraper, and he's yelling your story at the skyscraper. You know, this was this boy was a man who did the best he could, but you know, his parents wanted more for him than the way he had, and he didn't make it as a pianist and became a world-renowned artist. Well, as he's telling the story. The seagulls are getting louder and louder and louder. And he starts squawking at them and finally breaks down, the ferryman does, kneels, and then turns to looks and says, don't lie to me. Tell me what really happened. This is how you defend your life. How dare you come here? He said, the only reason they get loud, and I'm paraphrasing all this, the only reason they get loud is because you're lying to me. Um, so then uh, you have to tell the real story of your life. And there were scenes that you couldn't sit through. You just blinked and you would miss them. Obviously, the name of the game. But you knew something was off about the scene. Either it was dark, you heard a phone call, and you couldn't go towards it because you blinked in time. Or you were moving really slow, you were trying to sneak, and obviously just naturally you blink and miss it. There's one thing where you're in the kitchen, it looks like you're getting something to eat at night, and you hear a noise, and it doesn't sound good. It sounds like a growl outside. Quick aside, uh, in the middle of your seven or eight as a kid, you find a kitten. The kitten has kittens. Uh, so what happens is when the ferryman says, you have lied to me, tell me the real story of your life. You flash back to the scene with the kittens. And this is when you can hold on. And if you don't blink, you actually see what happens. The timer runs out. Like I said, in my impressions podcast, and you see the whole scene plays out. And what happens is apparently you're in the kitchen, probably getting something to eat, like a night snack or something. And the kittens of the kitten that you have, the kittens got out and they were killed by coyotes. And you see that, um, it's terrible. <laughs> and you're like, oh, no, something's wrong. I think they're trying to show you is there are some scenes that you blink and turned away, but now you have to look. Uh, there's another scene where your parents say, uh, it's right after the doctor, and they say, well, we can't hear him talking, but, like, how is he going to stay home for a year? And then one says, I don't know, but we can't tell him how bad it is. We, we can't let him know how sick he really is, you know. What, what would he, what, what's going to happen? What's he going to do? So then there's another scene where you go in an MRI machine and it's bad. Then you kind of cut back to being in bed and deciding to um, or, uh, draw and paint. And that's pretty real. Like the ferryman doesn't interrupt you. You go through that. But then it cuts off again. And the ferryman's like, no, really tell me what happened. So it cuts back to a scene where mom gives you a console and she said, listen, you're in bed. You should do something with your time. At least play this. You know, your dad got it for you or whatever. Um, but she's like, how about this? And she gives you a typewriter. And she says, why don't you tell me a story? Because uh, you got to do something while you're laying in bed. And you answer her by typing, which is pretty neat. You know, you move your hand over the keyboard and the keys move. And then it makes a predetermined whatever. And it's got the old style of typewriter. And you're like, king, king, ching, king, 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 ching, you know. Anyway, you start writing this story. And then the very man interrupts you again, and you go in the building. You're in the skyscraper going up a large elevator, and he says, okay, th this is 
like this is it. This is your last chance. So really be real right now. You flash back to the thing, come to find out you go in an MRI machine and you were terminally ill. You died when you were 12 and the sickness is just totally, totally um, taking your whole body. The sickness is characterized by a big pulsing red something that's just pulsing. You try to take pills. Uh, you try to eat. You can't. Sometimes when you go to look at them or uh, blink at them to select them, those choices fade away because that stuff doesn't work anymore. And here's the point where like the waterworks really started. So at the end, you go in the skyscraper. The Freeman's like, this is it. Here's the person that will judge your life. I've seen a lot of different things. It's something that meant a lot to you. Well, it's a giant cat. A big cat that looks really adorable and beautiful with like these extra tentacle eyes, but it's it's really plushy and amazing. Anyway, it sits there and he's yelling the story of your life, right? But you see the symbol to blink. And what happens is you blink and you write in uh, right before this scene, you wrote a story to your mom saying, basically, my mom was mean. She made me uh, study piano and I didn't want to. And I just feel lonely. Well, what happened was your mom read the story and felt really bad. So as you're literally on your deathbed, your mom comes in and says, I read your story. Um, I love you, but let me read you a story that I wrote. And she tells this story. And if you blink, it goes back to the ferryman who is yelling this story at the cat, I'll call it, the judge. He's yelling this story at the judge about how you were misunderstood and you knew you were on your deathbed, but you decided to write the story that you wanted to have, not the one that happened. So you made this up so you could have a life because you knew you were dying. And immediately when he started yelling the story, I blinked again and listened to my mom sitting next to me reading the whole story. And I tried it once or twice to go back and forth. But once I realized that's how it worked, I blinked again and listened to the mom tell me the story of how she thought I was an amazing person and I did the best I could and that I was the apple of her eye and that, you know, it isn't, uh, none of this is, you know, my fault and that she loved me very much. And she's breaking up while she's reading the story. And I'm breaking up while she's reading me the story. And then, um, yeah, so that was a really rough way to start a morning. Because I started this thing at like 7 in the morning. I thought, no big deal. I'll just play this quick game and write some notes down. And it'll be good for the podcast. Wow. Um, you know, very few people have talked about this game. Again, the podcast I listen to, some people have mentioned it. But I want to be really clear, this is a very powerful game, and it really, I would like to hear more about the writing process and stuff like that, because not to say that you can't write anything, you know, write what you know and all that, and not that you can't come up with these things, but this is really where art can articulate a part of life. Like, I was really, you know, feeling everything that they were saying, the voice acting was amazing, uh, you're obviously a silent protagonist, but especially towards the end when your mom is saying, I love you so much. And I'm sorry, basically, for... And again, I'm paraphrasing. I'm pulling this out. and I'm interpreting the meaning of this. But for that moment and the twist to be like, no, you died when you were 11 or 12. You wrote this whole story so you could have a life because you knew that <laughs> there was no end to it. Like, this is how it was going to end. Um, it, it's magical. And I, I hope more people will play it. Um, I haven't really heard any, I need to look, I usually don't look at other reviews until I do my review, but I definitely, now that I posted my review, want to look around for some spoiler cast or something like that, because this game is very special and is very emotional. 
Um, if you have kids, I don't know if I can really recommend this game because obviously the, the kids are in peril in this game, uh, as I've just said. So, man, this is one that I just kept thinking about all day. I actually went and saw another movie today, and it was really good. I saw the Uncharted movie. It was enjoyable. I know there's been kind of some mixed messages about it, but I thought it was good. Uh, I, I told my wife when we went and saw it, Listen, I'm not expecting this Uncharted movie to be 10 out of 10. I just want to eat a lot of popcorn and see some cool action. And that's exactly what the movie delivered. There was enough action. There was popcorn. It was great. 10 out of 10 in that respect. But anyway, I kept thinking about this game before your eyes while I was watching the movie. And it just blew my mind. So I cannot recommend this game enough. I know I said Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice is probably going to be on my who gives a crap game of the year list because my podcast plays old games and no one listens to my podcast. But I will say that Before Your Eyes uh, is a newer game that I've played that will definitely be on that list uh, at the beginning of next year because, um, again, just like Hellblade, and I spoke about Hellblade the other day to somebody, um, I'm still thinking about this game. So I guess that's the highest thing you could say probably about art is when it stays with you and you think about it and stuff like that. So, you know, I think short and sweet is probably the best. And with that, I will leave you guys to it. Have a good week. But I want to remind you guys before we leave to go to W that this podcast will hit my website, www.gamewithgrief.com, Monday morning at 7 a.m. Please go there and let me know what you think of the show. Leave a comment, something like that. Or you can go to gwgpodfellows at gmail.com. Go there. Leave me an email. Let me know what you think of the show. If there's a game you want to talk about, uh, leave it there. If you have a suggestion how to make the show better, please leave it there. Or you can go to I'm at Just Little Joe on Twitter. Go there. Uh, leave me a thing if you heard of the show, something like that. Or you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple iTunes, the Google Play Store, or Spotify. So please go to those places. Uh, interact with me and the pod. Let me know what you think. I've got some new listeners lately, so thank you so much for the people that have tuned in and things like that. But um, I think I'm going to leave you guys with that, and I will talk to you guys next week. Bye.